to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Hey, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of the day it is when you happen to stumble across this podcast. I am once again recording from a very lively, uh, undisclosed location. Actually, it's disclosed. I'll tell you where it is. I'm recording from my house. We're still in that uh, in that part of our history where uh, we're not able to go outside very much right now due to the coronavirus. And so I'm using a pretty lively microphone and a pretty lively setting. I did find one of those dead cats to put over the top of it, so hopefully there won't be as much popping as there have been in the past couple of podcasts. And uh, let me see, what am I doing here today? I have a CAO uh, Brasilia cigar. This is a wonderful cigar. I'm just getting ready to light this. One of my favorites. And you'll hear that going off. Sounds like a Zippo because it is. Those of you who uh, freak out whenever you see someone with a nice cigar lighting a Zippo, well, relax. <laughs> this is actually a uh, really nice Zippo with a butane insert in it. So I'm out of wood matches. Hmm. I always get my wood matches from a cigar bar that I like to frequent when I'm in eastern Washington in Spokane. And uh, haven't been there for a little while and then ran out of wood matches. So Mm-mm-mm. there we go. Nice cigar. Very nice cigar. Also, to pair with this cigar today, the CAO Brasilia, which is really a nice one. It's about a 50, well, maybe a 54 ring gauge and about a 6 six inch cigar or something like that, 54 by 6. I'm also pairing with that um, the 1792 Kentucky Straight Bourbon. 1792, it's really good. Small batch. I'm going to have a little bit of that while we chat for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Ah, good stuff. So today's theme is uh, it's personal. I've really been fascinated by this idea that uh, folks uh, in the workplace and in other kind of endeavors want folks to work together with them who are really, really, really engaged, uh, care a lot about the work, care a lot about the mission but then don't want them to take it personally when things don't go right. (laughs) That's today's theme. Let's call it It's Personal. Think about this for a little bit. Do you remember the last time someone um, wanted to offer some constructive criticism? (laughs) Hopefully you can see me doing some Dr. Evil air quotes right here. Some constructive criticism. You know, that phrase used to be kind of popular, um, but in my experience, it was rarely constructive. The phrase that replaced it uh, after a while was... um, can I give you some feedback? And then uh, more recently, it seemed like there was a more aggressive phrase that everyone's using now. I'm going to push back on that a little. Some people get even more direct. They say, I'm going to push back on you a little. You have an idea, and then they they say, uh, okay, wait, wait. I need to push back on that a little bit. And it's a, it's kind of an aggressive-sounding way of communicating with people. And then pair that with the fact that usually when they do it, they're trying to be these calm professionals and they smile. But I notice the smile only makes it partway up the face. It doesn't make it all the way to the eyes. It's from the chin to maybe just below the eyes. But the eyes still remain kind of flat and not a lot of fun in there. So at some point in the feedback, it seems like that the topics usually get a little close to home. And then sensing that shift, this... uh 
uninvited advisor attempts to soften the message with this, nothing personal. <laughs> you know that what follows is immensely personal. Since, you know, you and I are mature, air quotes again, adults, we're professionals in our own right, we always nod and we agree to listen. Go ahead and put air quotes around that too. Let's just have some fun with them. We agree to listen. And even though the conversation is intensely personal, someone says, nothing personal. We try so hard to listen. We know it's personal. We'll tilt our heads forward. We'll feign interest. We might raise an eyebrow to look open. But what is most often going on is a neurochemical cascade that shuts down our own curiosity in seconds and it prepares for us to fight or to flee. We fight by constructing inner arguments as this air quoter pushes back. Uh, we flee mentally, physically, or verbally by pointing away from ourselves and toward others in the form of excuses or explanations even. Or maybe we use a combination of the two, thinking, what an idiot, while diverting attention to others. It's exhausting to appear open and curious and balanced <laughs> when we're not. Think of the last time you experienced that. You're trying valiantly to look like, I, okay, I'm really with you, I'm really listening, but inside you're thinking, ah, oh, shut up, or get me out of here, or you're wrong, or or maybe, maybe not thinking words at all, maybe it's just a noise inside your head. <laughs> so the good news is, it's not always like that. Sometimes we are completely open and curious and even grateful for the perspectives of others, even when, and perhaps especially when, their views are counter to ours. Why is that? What's the difference? I've thought about this for a while and have learned a few things by watching myself and many others in moments like this when someone says, it's nothing personal. First, I genuinely believe that I need the perspective of others. I'm better for it. I make better decisions. I avoid unseen hazards and I enjoy deeper relationships because of their perspectives. Their opinions also allow me to share the weight of leadership, and that's kind of nice. You've heard people say, leaders are lonely, it's lonely at the top. Well, that usually only applies in my mind when those leaders are not good at this skill of actually getting feedback. So we really do need the perspective of others. That's first thing. The second thought, as I pondered this, is that I don't need feedback or pushback or constructive criticism from everyone. In fact, I need it from a small number of people and I choose those people very, very carefully. They're the partners and the advisors who have nothing to gain personally by giving their feedback. They care about the same things that I do and they've been in the trenches with me and I with them, usually for years. They know me. They have a proven track record of achieving these great big results. They're committed to sticking it out clear to the end, even if I reject their opinions. They know me, and they also know <laughs> that I have feelings too. So third, I need people who are genuinely curious. They approach feedback with a humble curiosity. They never pontificate. They don't believe they're right all the time. They most often ask questions instead of making statements. They ask questions like, 
So have you considered, and then they fill in the blank, and they genuinely want to know, or if you knew X, would you change your perspective? And if so, how? Maybe they'll ask, what do you feel like you might be missing? Their questions are really, they're just never manipulative. They ask, how important is this to you? How much time and energy have you already invested in this? How big of a deal is this to you? So fourth, I need people who know everything that matters is already personal, as it should be. These people don't assume that my efforts are somehow casual, accidental, meaningless to me. They never assume that their perspectives will somehow not touch my passion. And for the record, <laughs> I'm pretty passionate. <laughs> so finally, I've learned to seek other opinions regularly. It's a habit. I ask for this constructive criticism from these trusted partners before they offer it. I'm also pretty careful not to ask for it from people who have no depth in the subject matter. Also, as a corollary, I am very, very careful to politely turn off the noisy feedback from crowds of people who haven't got a clue. And I say that kindly and with all due respect. <laughs> These people to me are like trolls on social media. They lob stink bombs into rooms and run away giggling. <laughs> Why listen to and then feel strongly about the opinions of people whose life and leadership, or absence of both, I would not want to emulate. That might seem harsh. Trust me, it's not harsh. It's essential. So when it's personal, and much of the time it's intensely personal because it's about life and effort, I've learned to be very judicious about whom I trust, and it makes all the difference. So here's the five ideas Again, in review, first, I genuinely believe I need the perspective of others. Second, I don't need this feedback, pushback, constructive criticism from everyone, just a few. Third, I need it from people who are genuinely curious. Fourth, I need people who know that everything that matters is personal, as it should be. And fifth, I've learned to seek out other people's opinions regularly, even before they ask. So here's a final thought as I get ready to enjoy the rest of my cigar. It's not lost on me that I'm giving you feedback. <laughs> you barely know me, if at all. And I'm grinning, of course, chuckling as I think about that. Just, just know that if this doesn't work for you, ha, toss it out. Go get feedback from someone else you know and trust. Have a great day. Mm, great cigar. <laughs> Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.